When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. This is the true story of seven strangers picked to live in a house, work together, and have their lives taped. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. The real world, New York, and homecoming. Guys, we are joined by the one, the only, from the original granddaddy, and now back for real world homecoming, Mr. Andre Como. What are you up to today? What are you doing? Well, today I am, uh, uh, I'm working, I, I work in music publishing, working on about four different uh, film trailers and uh, promo spots. Um, and uh, what else am I doing today? Uh, that's got my day pretty much filled up, actually. That's I have enough. A couple other, I have a couple other, um, I have a live Zoom a uh, little later today as well. So busy day. Where are you in the world? Where do you live now? Los Angeles. It's a lovely day. It looks very nice. Well, I'm in New York City, so it's also shockingly a nice day here. Oh, good, good. Nice to know. And you know a thing or two about New York. So you you were living in New York already, like when you were on the original world, like you were already living there with your band. Correct. Well, New Jersey. We had a house in New Jersey that we moved to in 1990, 91. Um, and uh, uh yeah, I was there for over a year before I moved into the, the loft in New York for the real world. Were you doing, were you like doing a bunch of odd jobs, you know, like the typical like... Yes, um, yes, I was. You know, we were actually uh, baby furniture movers. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. We moved uh, 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 baby furniture for a company called Bellini. <laughs> of all names, right? Yeah. So you were doing the, you know, let me make it work with my band in New York and living the life. And then how did the real world come about for you? Well, the casting director was going around to where um, sort of young people worked. And, uh, uh, you know, nowadays those would have been like tech companies. Um, At the time, uh, they were going to um, record companies, uh, one of which was EMI Records, where my older sister uh, uh, worked in promotions. Um, And uh, one of her friends recommended me to the casting director, who um, uh, called me and asked me if I'd be willing to, if I would be interested in uh, coming down and meeting with the uh, casting department for a new experimental TV show airing on MTV that would feature my life and uh, my band. So that was how it was pitched, like as something That's new exactly and experimental. Mm-hmm. A documentary style experimental TV show. And you hear MTV, which, you know, at that day, at that time was, you know, showing videos night and day and, you know, was the only place to go for all your videos. Well, it was the only place to go uh, for Gen X. I mean, honestly, they spoke to Gen X in a, in a direct way that nothing else did. Um, 
So it was it was absolutely the go to for people my age and um, and of of like interest. Well, what did the meeting go like? So you said yes, you went down, and what was that first meeting like? It was great. You know, it was fun. Uh, I mean, they were asking me questions about uh, you know about my life and about uh, uh, you know, the band and what I do. And, um, and then, uh, they asked me to submit a, like a home video of, um, of, uh, of, uh, you know, my friends and my life and just sort of general silliness, which I did. And it was pretty silly. Um, and, uh, you know, one thing led to another, uh, meeting after meeting after meeting were, were scheduled and, um, uh, I got it. <laughs> Did you have any reservations? You know, I should have. <laughs> but uh, but no, I was uh, strangely uh, fearless at that time. And, um, you know, I, 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 I kind of was throwing caution to the wind and just said, let's, let's do this. And you probably, I mean, were you like, okay, this could be a great opportunity for my band as well? Of course, yes, yes, yes. Anything, anything having to do with MTV at that time was an opportunity to, uh, you know, get amazing exposure um, and, and, you know, heighten the awareness. And that, what you do. At right. the time, I was just a struggling musician, just trying to be heard above the, the noise was like, okay, because I know a lot of people said, you know, like a free place to live, but you kind of split your time between New Jersey and the loft. Most of us did split our time between where we were living prior to uh, the loft and the loft. I mean, uh, if memory serves, only one of us uh, didn't have another um, residence in the metro area. And I believe that was Julie, because she flew in from Alabama. The rest of us were kind of local to New York. Um uh, at the time, all of us had a, another place. And so, and you guys weren't paid. Were you paid? I don't think you were paid anything. Were yeah, you? we were paid. We were paid. It wasn't but a lot. It was minimal. more of like a, like a stipend. Um, yeah, it wasn't a lot. It was just enough to pay for drinks. When you were telling people you were going into the house, you know, for this new experiment where people, you know, cause again, at this time we had nothing. We had no, there was no Hills, Laguna beach. We didn't even have survivor. I mean, this reality was really, TV did not exist. Yeah. So, I mean, were people like, I don't understand, like, what are you going to do? Well, uh, you know, I would just describe it was a documentary. Uh, uh, that's, that's how it was pitched to me. And, you know, documentaries are, have been made, you know, forever. As long as there's been film, there's yeah. been documentaries so it was more like, you know, uh, I would just say that I was filming a documentary. As That's how it was pitched to me. Um, and that's uh, basically what I told people. Sure, there were, you know, clearly a lot of people were like, what? Why would they do a documentary on you or, you know, a bunch of um, unknowns? Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, MTV was very much at the forefront of experimental um, programming. And, uh, I think, you know, I think there were just like, and no one expected it to be much of anything, you know, I mean, we, we all figured it was going to air once or twice and then just poof, gone, you know, um, here so we are 30 years later. Oh yeah. So that's what you thought, like, you know, okay, it could be some good exposure for my band, but this amazing TV on a Prince, Michael Jackson. Right. right. Nirvana. Right. Yeah. So you. Crisscross. <laughs> right. Paul Abdul. Paul Abdul. Exactly. That, that was the time frame. So you got right. Like it was 1992. So you guys thought you would be what? Like at 1 a.m. being shown or just like a little. Well, no, we thing? knew we knew that it was going to be a, a show uh, much like their other um shows of that era i mean i don't know if you recall the game show uh, remote control yeah sure. that was you know and and it aired once and then was never heard from again you know i mean that's uh, it's uh, that's what we we expected you know just for, for them to air it to get its moment and then move on you know and little did we know that it was going to be shown in marathon form on the weekends 
weekend after weekend after weekend, and then shown, uh, you know, on different networks. Uh, it aired on syndicated television after that, and then went to streaming platforms. I mean, it's just been, <laughs> I've been, I've been, uh, you know, uh, uh, it's been aired almost not, not quite nonstop, but regularly for 30 years now. I mean, yeah. uh, I, I, I kind of, um, I know what the, the cast of Gilligan's Island feels like or, or the Brady Bunch in, in some ways. Had to have a very short amount of time um, constantly recycled and perpetuated for, you know, ever. Forever. What was your first impression of your roommates when you moved into the loft and when they all arrived? Oh, they all seemed very nice and interesting. And uh, uh, I was um, I was excited about, um, uh, uh, you know, the, the different personalities. I was also a little um, confused as I thought that maybe they were going to be a little more, um, you know, I, I was... Um, yeah, I was definitely um, surprised at how different everyone was from different corners of the world, not corners of the world, corners of the country, different backgrounds, um, and um, really kind of, uh, uh, I, at, at first I was a little um, surprised that any, the, you know, because I thought that maybe these, the, the casting folks thought, that I, that I was more like them, but what they were actually searching for were very different people and how the, the, you know, the, 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 the whole drama was seeing how these different people would get along. I didn't quite understand that uh, at that time. And um, that was the, you know, the, the, the brilliant um, uh, uh, idea that they had um, was seeing how these uh, clearly um, different and unique personalities would get along. It was brilliant. But going into it, you like just, you know, because you make up your own backstory in life. We all do that. Like you expected just a bunch of people that look like you and just were similar to you. Correct. Correct. I was, I was much, I was definitely expecting uh, much more um, like-minded and, and we were in many ways come to find out. Um, but the, um, I, I just, I, I just expected uh, a little more of that, um, a little more of the personality type that I am in there as well. And there wasn't. <laughs> and that was the first thing that kind of just stuck out to you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Who did you, well, what type of personality would you say you are like back in the day? I, I watched it in its original run. So, but. How, well, I don't know. I, I think that, you know, so much has, has changed in, in my life. I, I would say that, you know, at the time I was, I was pretty, uh, as I mentioned, you know, a little fearless, completely arrogant and, um, and, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, arrogant and ignorant. There you go. Uh, I mean, that's, that's how I was. Um, and, uh, uh, I suppose, um, uh, we all had that a, a, a bit of that um, in us, um, and it, you know, uh, I, I've certainly it was <laughs> it was a, a real uh, life changing experience, um, and it and it forced me to confront um, aspects of my personality that I that I upon reflection didn't like, um, and. Um, uh, you know, in, in some ways, it's a very humbling experience. When you were filming, and I, I could see that, when you were filming, like, actually in the loft and filming, you know, doing, like, the makeshift confessionals, like, did you... You didn't guys, have confessionals. Yeah, I mean, like, That makeshift. didn't exist. That was, a, that was a construct that they came up with after our, our season. Yeah. I mean, like, when you were looking at the camera, even though it wasn't in a confessional, it was kind of just there. They were interviews, yeah. And there was always someone interviewing us, and some of those interviews were leading. You know, we were led to, you know, and that's and that's where the, and that's maybe where some of the, um, I, I I I'm trying not to use the word fabrication because none of it was fabricated, but it was definitely um, 
so some of the some of the manipulation was in the interviewing um uh and you know that they were they were trying to tell a story and we were just trying to live our lives right which is so they kind of that that was my, my next question like they kind of knew what they were doing they absolutely knew what they were doing they were they you know they had a petri dish and they were adding and subtracting things to find out what happens you know um uh so they they knew what they were doing um not always uh they they knew that they were um expecting results what those results were they didn't know how's that i mean the thing is after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers If there's one thing I've learned, there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless services starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, okay, what's the catch? But after speaking with them and using their service, it all made sense to me. There isn't one. Mint Mobile is the first company to sell wireless services online only. It's a brilliant idea. I don't know why no one has thought of this before. So by cutting out retail brick and mortar stores, there's no crazy overhead costs that they have to pay that get passed down to you. They're able to save all of that. And the only thing that they pass down to you is great savings. That's right. The plans start at just $15 a month. I'm using it. It's great. And of course, it comes with unlimited talk and text, high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And don't freak out yet. You can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and you keep your same phone number. So for everyone looking to get in touch with me, I have the same phone number since switching to Mint Mobile. And if you're not 100% satisfied, they have a seven-day money-back guarantee. This has changed my life. It starts at 15 bucks a month. So to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash velvet rope. That's mintmobile.com slash velvet rope. And you will cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash velvet rope. If you want to stop paying exorbitant amount and only want to pay 15 bucks a month, mintmobile.com slash velvet rope. That's it. 15 bucks a month. That's good. Which is interesting. You know, I mean, I know they're professionals and they came up with this idea, but still to have no nothing, like there's not one thing to look to. Like you said, this invented reality TV. It's interesting that they knew what they were doing at that Right. Time. Well, they knew that they could create some drama, some uh, reactions but they didn't know what those reactions were. And sometimes the reactions were what they expected and sometimes they weren't. Right. Did you know what you were doing? Like you and the other roommates or were you just like, why are we talking to these people? And, or could you oh, kind of- oh, well, I mean, you know, I don't think that any of us ever felt like, why are we talking to these people? Ugh. Um, but uh, we didn't, we had no preconceived notions of what we were doing. You know, right. we didn't, we had no agenda. None of us. I mean, maybe maybe Kevin had a bit of an agenda as he is an activist and was an activist, and and he was also the oldest person in the loft with more of a sense of of direction and a sense of self and a sense of of uh, of that agenda that that I spoke of. Um, so and and I think all of us uh, were much more immature in, in many ways. Um, and, and, uh, you know, that, that period between your early twenties and your mid twenties are, are, it's a very, um, uh, uh, you know, a lot changes in that time. And, um, and Kevin had the, the, uh, the, the, the mileage, uh, to know, uh, a little more about what he wanted to get across and you know, I was more just self-interested in in my musical endeavors, and really had no had no thoughts about changing, you know, uh, uh, anyone else's mind or anyone else's thoughts about anything other than, you know, rock and roll. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who did you bond with the most, like right away? 
in the house? Well, uh, yeah, we, we uh, I'd say I, at first, you know, I got along with um, uh, Heather, my roommate, um, and Norman and Julie the best uh, while we were uh, living in the loft. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, subsequently, to, you know, I've, I've had some, you know, really great um, times with, with everyone. Um, but, you know, even certainly the, the folks outside of that, of that uh, small group, um, I, I've definitely gone uh, uh, and made many attempts to try to, uh, you know, bond and, 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 and have had some great times with, you know, um, Kevin and um, uh, uh, Eric and, and, and Becky as well outside of the, um, outside of the uh, loft as well. When you were in the loft, because look, you guys dealt with these issues way, you know, you were dealing with like, right there, like racism, like sexuality, all these issues, like the AIDS epidemic crisis. Could you tell from that point of view, like these were groundbreaking issues and we're real people and we're dealing with this on like a national platform? I mean, I, I, I know you were there and you were filming and you were having these conversations, but. Well, you know, when, so a lot of the a lot of the conversations revolved around race, and yes. um, uh, that was a very and still is a, a very hot button issue. Um, and having an activist living um, with us really brought that to the forefront at at all times. Um, I think that um, you know all of us. Uh, other than Kevin, were uh, maybe uh, you know a little reluctant at best, and maybe you know quite ignorant of of uh, of the reality of the situation for some people. We didn't have that same perspective, and we're too young to actually empathize in a way that was meaningful. So you filmed the show you're done filming, the show comes out, you know, you think you might be seen once or twice. Like, what was that like when the show came out? Was it like immediate, like overnight? Because I, I can't really remember. Or was it like, okay, it's here, but now we're on every weekend and we're being repeated. Like, was it like blown up right away? Like, did life change? Um, well, we saw the first episode while we were still living in the loft. Uh, they showed us the first episode uh, uh, during the last week that we were living there. Um, and in, um, it was surprising in, in many respects. Um, it was uh, exciting. It was also uh, scary uh, as it wasn't as... Um, it wasn't as dry as I expected. Um, it was a lot more stylish and stylized uh, and um, edited in a way that was clearly trying to tell um, a, a story rather than um, rather than just present things as as I saw them. Um, so I was. I was a little uh, nervous um, because I immediately knew that it was going to be, um, and I should have been a little more uh, aware of this, uh, uh, but um, it was different than what I expected it to be. So uh, I knew immediately that it was going to be not the greatest vehicle for uh, music at that time. Um, uh, given the climate of the era, um, if you can recall, uh, you know, bands like Nirvana uh, and um, the, the Seattle movement the, the, uh, at, the, at the time, it was very anti-corporate sort of, um, uh, and, and then there wasn't a whole lot that was cool about being associated with a, with a MTV kind of created show. So it wasn't, the edgy thing that I was, uh, that I thought I was being involved in. Um, and it, and it was edited more like a soap opera. Um, and so that 
you know, uh, uh, definitely uh, scared me and, and made me realize that this is going to be, you know, different than what I had expected. And then was that a thing like when it came out and started airing, you know, your band and, you know, like you're the cool rocker and your band is like a legitimate real music band. And was yeah, it like- but it wasn't taken that way. That's the problem. I'd say that, you know, uh, <laughs> it's funny how um, time has has changed the perception. Um, I think that a lot of people at first, certainly the music business um, reacted very negatively towards what I, what we uh, were involved in. And they, because we were going about it through a different channel, we didn't go through the normal channels to get to that platform. Um, normally there's a series of gatekeepers that, that really uh, uh, keep things uh, uh, to their, uh, to their liking. And, and we went around all that. And so we were definitely treated um, differently. Right. As opposed to like American Idol and the X Factor and the voice and all this, I guess. Well, by then, yeah, by then the, the climate had changed so much. You know, you're talking about at least 10, 12 years later, right. uh, the climate was much different. And nowadays, you know, that's, they, they look at it as like a, a blessing, uh, all this free promotion for their artist but at the time they looked at it very very much like an interloper a usurper a uh you know it was it was an unwelcome uh 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 sort of i don't know it was right. much more unwelcome yeah like you kind of went around all us figureheads and figured exactly. out a way yep and they didn't like it <laughs> i could see that, especially like, again, this is the first reality show that there was. What about your bandmates? Like, did that cause friction? Like, were they like, it did, what the it hell? did. Well, they were also expecting something different. And uh, when they saw it and realized that this is not going to be the vehicle uh, that they were hoping, then it became sort of a, a problem. And it, and it definitely created uh, a lot of um, animosity between us. And uh, uh, I mean, we managed to stay together uh, long enough to to release you know three records after the show aired um which is a long time actually for any band in there that that was created in high school uh to 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 stick around but um uh uh it it you know it definitely i'd say those fault lines were created at that time what about like the fame aspect of it? Like, you know, just people recognizing you. I mean, whether not even the related to the band, you know, did you get to the point like where you couldn't walk down the street, you know, cause you guys were. Everywhere. Yeah, no, I had a, I had an identity crisis. I certainly had a real problem with, with, um, it, it got to where I, 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 you know, I started to, um, uh, you know, just kind of hate everything, it was a, it was a problem. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It was uh, I had a real identity crisis and, and kind of went a little crazy and, you know, cut off all my hair in a fit of rage and, you know, and, you know, I mean, like you see it in the movies occasionally, someone in the mirror doing that with to themselves. And, 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 you know, I lived that, that was, that was a real occurrence for me in like about 1994. I had that kind or 95, I guess it would have been uh I had that, um, you know, that experience and, uh, it was, uh, it was a real, you know, Wes Anderson kind of moment, uh, where I just, uh, uh, in the mirror with a pair of scissors and suicidal thoughts in my head, uh, uh, you know, just went a little nuts. Really? It got like that dark? Sure. Absolutely. From what? Just like, the fame, like as I so mentioned, a, a, a uh, an identity crisis. It was, you know, I didn't like the image that was portrayed of me, and I didn't like how I was perceived, and I didn't like, you know, I mean, it's and you're also dealing with just the growing pains of your early twenties, so it was yeah. very difficult to to uh, uh, just kind of juggle all that and 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 uh, make sense of it. I'll admit it. As important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, 
I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all in one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Wait, I have another question. Is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? For me, listen, I love being the host of the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast, but bringing you guys five shows a week, tracking down the top Bravo celebrities to bring you new creative content every day, that causes me stress. It causes me anxiety. I'm not even going to get into the lack of sleep or lack of a relationship. So I needed somewhere to turn. And for me, I turned to BetterHelp. I love BetterHelp because it's professional counseling right from the comfort of your own home. What they do is they match you with a licensed therapist who is a professional that fits your needs and the things that you want to talk about. So you may not have the same issues as I do. They also deal with LGBTQIA issues anger, grief, trauma. If you are having relationship issues, if you're in a relationship, good for you. I'm not. They really deal with everything and everything you share is confidential. So I cannot stress how much because of this job that I love so much, it has caused me some issues and better help really is a lifesaver. Right now, if you guys also want to start living a happier life, as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash velvet rope. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash velvet rope. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Velvet Rope. And as a listener, you guys get 10% off your first month. Try it. I promise you, you are going to feel so much better once you talk to one of their licensed professional counselors. And listen, so many people have been using BetterHelp. They're actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. DM me. Let me know how it goes. This has been a lifesaver for me. Can you sympathize with people then like, you know, I mean, this is what I think of when you, I hear shaving the head, you think of like Britney Spears and like, yeah, uh, uh, sort of, um, it was just a, a difficult, it was a very difficult time for me. Can you sympathize then with like, like a Britney Spears? Like I, that's what absolutely. I think I oh, I, 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 I lived it. Are you kidding? Uh, that's, that's exactly what I, I know exactly how she felt. And, uh, uh, and you know, I, I, I lived it. Wow. So after that point, how did you kind of get over that? I mean, well, um, you know, uh, the, luckily for me, I, I, uh, uh, I was able to, um, change and, uh, you know, I, I've always been a fan of artists that are able to reinvent themselves and, uh, uh, you know, willingly or unwillingly, that's exactly what I did. I, when my band broke up in 1997, I moved to Los Angeles and, um, shortly thereafter, I, I, uh, stopped 
playing rock music and started playing acoustic music, uh, much through my appreciation for artists like Bob Dylan. And um, uh, I learned uh, a real appreciation for uh, roots and um, uh, old country music. Um, And I really fell into that whole world um, and did that exclusively for the next 10, 12 years um, uh, here in LA to a much uninterested and apathetic audience. Uh, it's not exactly a country music hub here, um, but, uh, but that was all right, because that's what I was really doing. And I, I've really not uh, been very interested in what other people think or what other people expect of me. I do, I do what I like to do, and, you know, uh, I don't really, uh, I don't let the, um, uh, the, my environment dictate what, um, uh, what I do much to, you know, uh, <laughs> much as detrimental as that can be. It's, uh, it's just as an artist, it's, you, you don't, you don't let the uh, winds of change dictate what you do. You do things in spite of that. So, um, so yeah, I, I just reinvented myself. And that, I'd say that that was really the thing that, you know, uh, got me out of that um, uh, sort of um, troubled mindset. And that's a good thing, because then that means you're authentic, right? Like you're making authentic music. That's what I'm told. So during that period, like, did you keep in touch with all your roommates, like, throughout all of this? Uh, not, you know, there was, a, there was a period where I wasn't really keeping all that much in touch. Um, but uh, certainly by the time I moved out to Los Angeles, um, being that this is a destination and a place that everybody... Uh, occasionally visits, I made it a point to, you know, make myself available to, to my old roommates and my friends and, and uh, uh, certainly, you know, uh, became much more available um, to them and, and, and then, you know, did, uh, uh, you know, keep in touch after, after that time. Yes. So in 2001, there was this interview or it was in People Magazine and you said, if I ever had to do it over again, I wouldn't regarding the real world. Yeah. You remember saying that? Sure, sure. Which you meant at the time, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, and, um, and, and, I'm, and I'm just, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of things that, that uh, if you were given the opportunity to change about your life and you know, you might have, and I and I'll and I'll go go ahead and and say that that was probably incorrect. What I would say, um, given a little more time to reflect, um, I would say that uh, uh, I would probably do it again, but I'd I'd uh, uh, go go about it much differently, and I would have been um, much more um, open and um, less self-interested and just more um um uh go you know just going about it in a different in a different manner um and not so uh interested in in trying to um build a musical career out of it rather than just uh take taking it for for you know um what it's you know taking it as far as i could just for the experience and not expecting certain things out of it. That's, that's how I would have handled it differently. That's what you would do. If you're looking back, just really live in the moment and focus. Exactly. on Exactly. Exactly. That makes sense. Well, that's good. I mean, you can look back and say you learned, well, you can't say you would never, I mean, you can't say you would never do it again because here we are. Right. So homecoming how does that happen you get a call you get a text like how does this yeah well what happened was we so we've had this running text thread between the cast members for the last couple of years and you know we were we would just use that to share with uh each other what what everyone's doing lately you know heather's got a new show on sirius xm kevin's got a new book out and and so we would just be sharing these kinds of things um, I have a new album, that kind of thing. Um, and uh, on this text thread, uh, Eric was the first person, I believe. Uh, and he said, hey, heads up, they're looking to do a reunion. Um, uh, you know, look out for the, the call. And, uh, and I was like, huh. 
uh, and then Kevin uh, called me and said, yeah, they're, they, uh, I just got off the phone with the, the casting director. They're looking to do a reunion. And I did not get the call. And I was like, huh, I wonder if I'm not uh, invited to do this. Because there have been reunions that I've not participated in uh, because they dealt mostly with uh, other casts and um, – uh, and that, and and I've uh, chosen to not be a part of things that often uh, that that brought other casts together and uh, and that kind of thing. Um, so I was curious that I wasn't invited to be a part of this one, um, but I did get the call. And when I learned that it was going to be just our cast and that it was going to be um, uh, you know a similar situation to the original, where they would be filming us in New York, uh, you know, where we shot the original one. Um, I was thrilled and I was excited about being a part of that, um, uh, uh, you know, sort of revisiting um, that experience. Were you the last person to get the call? No, no, actually I was the, uh, I I don't know who, uh, you know, but I, I, as I was talking with Kevin on the phone, literally the, you know, uh, uh, I, I got the call as I was, as he was explaining to me what they had just, you know, cause they had just hung, hung up with him. Uh, and he called me to, to, you know, tell me what, what he learned. And as, as, as he was doing that, I got the call and I, you know, I don't know why, what order they, they called people in, but, uh, it was fairly quickly that, um, uh, I was asked to, to, you know, participate. Did you have any reservations, you know, just based on the last time? And No, not really. Not when I learned what the concept was, um, you know, in New York, just the seven of us. Um, and, you know, my reservations had more to do with COVID and um, how, you know, what was going to, what the, uh, how, how they were going to do this safely and um, that, that kind of uh, thing. Those if I had any reservations, it was, it was more to do with, with the bizarre situation that we're all living through given COVID and and the pandemic. Well, speaking of COVID, like how, how strange was it that Eric wasn't there, that he was. It was very sad. I mean, obviously no one, uh, one of the, you know, one of the main draws for, for all of us was that we would all be in the room together for the first time since the early nineties. Um, because honestly, although we've, as I mentioned, kept in touch over the years and we've seen each other sporadically at different times in different areas, n- there hasn't been a moment where we we've all been together um, uh, in the same room, sharing, you know, sharing the same space. And unfortunately, you know, that still stands, you know, we still haven't been all in the same room together. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I don't know that we will. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. Well, maybe in 10 more years or some other milestone number of a reunion. Perhaps. Perhaps. How, how was the concept pitched to you this time? Other than York, like, was it pitched like, you know, because of what's going on in the world and, you know, not COVID, just like, you know, well, I think that, you know, they mentioned that it's MTV's 40th anniversary and um, we are nearing um, the 30th anniversary of our show. Right. Um, and so, you know, and, you know, I, I work in, in the music business and I do know that, um, you know, the, the cycle of, of bringing things back, it's, it's clear, you know, in, in not only this, but it was clear to me that the 90s were very much on their way back. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so this was, it was no surprise to me that, you know, they were uh, uh, interested in bringing nineties um, uh, uh, things back on into the forefront. Um, but uh, uh, you know, to me, uh, I was just excited about um, seeing everyone and being able to not only share all the different things that have happened to me over the years, but to hear what, you know, what's been going on with everyone else. And, and furthermore, to be able to um, uh, maybe correct some of the um, uh, things that, that I may have, uh, you know, uh, either 
some of my missteps from the past um, and uh, and to be able to share some of that evolution um, in in uh, in my own character. What was like the number one thing you kind of wanted to correct or you considered? Well, I would say, you know, I'd certainly, you know, not the, I don't consider it number one, but uh, uh, the the first thing that pops into my head is is certainly, you know, um, uh, my thoughts on um, uh, Kevin and the, uh, the racial um, conversations or I should say the conversations that, that, that delved into the um, uh, racial issues um, and, and how I, uh, you know, time has proven Kevin to be pretty correct on all of the, all of his points that we were, you know, um, some of us were pushing back a little on back in the early nineties. And it's, and it's merely, you know, we just didn't have that same experience um, and didn't have the insight into his experience that we've now uh, seen play out in social media time and time again. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it's heartbreaking to know that that is a, the reality of, of, uh, of many people. And, um, you know, um, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, to be able to, you know, uh, come back and, 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 you know, say, say to Kevin, uh, uh, you know, that, that so often his, his perspective and his viewpoints were, were correct. Um, uh, was, uh, you know, it was a, it was a nice opportunity to be able to, to, um, um, you know, kind of go back there and, and, uh, correct that, that misstep. Do you feel like it's easier? I mean, I feel like once again, MTV is like on the cutting edge of, you know, it just, you guys dealt with this so far ahead of its time. And now here, like, do you feel the more that's changed, the more that stayed the same, we're still talking about the same issues or are these conversations, did you feel like much easier to have now or almost the opposite, much harder? Oh, for me, much easier uh, as I've, I think that, you know, uh, I've evolved in my, my thought process and everything has, you know, um, I, I, you know, I have no problems admitting my own faults in this. Um, so it wasn't a difficult thing for me. I think that it was a difficult situation um, for some people and we'll just leave it at that. I don't know if you've, you know, uh, I you think referring? as evidenced by the most recent episode that just aired yesterday, um, you know, not so easy for some people, but that's, you know, their own difficulty. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And I just think certain words, you know, like, cause back then the word racist was thrown around way back the first time. Just, I mean, it has like, do you think like, I mean, to me, like, it's almost like that word has when someone says this might sound racist and the other, and the other person says, then don't say it. I don't know how else, uh, you know, there is a clear, uh, I, I can't think of anything more, more clear, you know, correct. Then don't say it, you know? And if yeah, you have yeah. to, if you have to qualify something, before you say something like that, this might sound racist, then the answer is most definitely, then don't say it. Simple as that. Or find a way to express what you're trying to say without sounding racist. How's that? You know, I mean, I mean, look, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying that you shouldn't, uh, that, that's, that's the solution to that. Then find a way to express what you're trying to say without sounding racist. Are you shocked, you know, in 2021 that this happened? Yeah, I'm a little surprised that someone could be so unaware of self, unaware of, of how things are obviously going to be depicted, uh, at how someone is going to be um, seen, especially given all that we've been through, all that we know. Um, uh, I'm, I'm a little surprised and disappointed that someone could be so unaware. Yeah. 
you know, I mean, we don't have that luxury anymore. We don't, we don't have uh, that um, sort of uh, innocence of youth, uh, that, that ignorance, uh, the blissful ignorance that, that uh, we were afforded in our early 20s. At this point in our lives, we need to be a little more aware and uh, empathetic and, and to understand, you know, uh, what other people go through. And, you know, if you're, if you're not aware, then you've been, then you've been um, actively uh, uh, blind, then, then, you, then you're purposely uh, keeping yourself ignorant. And I think Julie said it best, it's not enough to be um, uh, uh, anti, uh, well, it's not enough to be uh, uh, um, against racism. You have to actually push back and be anti-racist. And that's, and that's the truth. Hey, yes, that is the truth. Have you spoken? You have to be against oppression. You have to push back against oppression. It's not enough to just be, uh, 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 you know, uh, sort of uh, against it in your head. You have to project it. And that's, you know, look, that's a huge change from Julie. I mean, who do you think has changed the most since the first two home? Uh, well, changed. I, I See, now that's funny because... Um, uh, I don't think that, um, (laughs) it's interesting. Um, I think we've all changed. I think we've all changed a lot. Uh, in some ways, you know, I think that Kevin has changed a a great deal. He's become much more patient, excuse me, he's become much more patient and, um, um, much more, um, um, also empathetic to, you, you know, knowing that, uh, uh, you have to be able to um, uh, meet people where they are. And, uh, and Julie, certainly I, you know, I've always known Julie to be a very understanding, very empathetic person. So I wouldn't say that she's changed a lot um, because she's just grown more into a, a, an understanding, uh, wonderful person. Um, So I, you know, I don't know that anyone has changed all that much. I think that we've all, uh, you know, maybe I've changed the most in that, you know, I, I, I was pretty irresponsible and immature back then. And now I'm, you know, I'm uh, uh, married with a, you know, I'm a, I'm a dad now. And I never thought that that was in my future. Um, uh, I certainly never expected uh, that to be my um, calling, but I love it. And uh and, uh, and so, you know, maybe, maybe it's me that's changed the most. I'm, I'm not sure. And yeah, and Chan, I don't mean anything negative about change. And have you guys spoken, and I'm not picking on her, have you guys spoken like as a cast or like to Julie since the episode aired? You mean Becky? Becky, sorry. Yes, Becky. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, I have not spoken to Becky since the show aired. I've spoken with her a few times since we moved out. Um, and have, you know, explained, uh, you know, my thoughts, because what happened, um, in, uh, is that when she left, she didn't respond to any of our repeated texts or, or calls. I called her a couple of times when she left, um, just to kind of say, what's going on? What are, what are you doing? Um, and she didn't respond, and that kind of rubbed me the wrong. I mean, it rubbed me the wrong way, certainly. And so when I did hear from her, I had to explain to her, "Look, you know, your absence, given given that you know there was no other explanation, I, I went uh, I went in a you know uh, a pretty dark place, and and I had nothing else to go on. Um, you weren't there to." you know, give any other explanation. So, I mean, obviously I knew it wasn't me, but I, I still felt, you know, she should have um, um, responded to my repeated uh, texts and, and calls and maybe cleared up some, some of that uh, uh, confusion. Um, so yes, I did speak with her after we moved out, but I haven't talked to her since the, um, the show aired. But you guys uh, will probably eventually speak. 
Of course. Yeah, I have no ill will. I see you still have the long hair now that it's grown <laughs> Sorry, back. Sorry, I, yeah, I, I just got no, the no. I mean, I'm trying. So you shaved it, but I mean, you're just. I, you think you'll always have this? No, I had. Hair. I actually, um, I I cut. I was wearing short hair for for years and years, um, and uh, it just so happened that I started growing it out again about. 2019 and then and then the pandemic hit and I couldn't get my hair cut so I just didn't, I didn't even bother uh and it's funny when they called uh 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 and asked you know if I'd be interested in in doing the reunion one of their first questions was do you still have long hair and I was like kind of yeah I actually do uh but it wasn't uh it wasn't out of um any sort of expectation of yeah, I I started making rock music again, and and uh, uh, not that you have to have long hair to play rock music or anything, but it's kind of um, I don't know, it's kind of the thing. Well, I wonder if you said no, if yeah. the next question would have been like, click, <laughs> or can you please just grow it? Like, <laughs> I hope not. I hope that that's not like the the. Uh, you know, the uh, my whole character here is the no, hair. it's not. Do but, you get um, it is it's certainly one of the uh you know uh one of the defining characteristics of of my character Are you, <laughs> yes, yes, and no, that's not all that you're known for. Are you shocked at just you know again, like you made the show, it came out, we talked about your full evolution, here we are, homecoming like are you i mean you've had a lot of years to deal with this, but like are you shocked at just this show like what this show has done well you know it's funny i i we we spoke a little bit about um the uh uh the way that mtv spoke to gen x in a way that nothing else did and i think that this show spoke to gen x also in a way that uh was you know incredibly personal to to many people and um, you know, it, it spoke to Gen X in a way that was incredibly personal on a network that spoke directly to Gen X in a way that nothing else did. So, um, I'm not shocked at the response that the homecoming, um, is getting given that, you know, here we are, uh, Gen X is fine. You know, the boomers are, 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 uh, leaving their their post, whether, whether they like it or not. Um, and Gen X is, is, uh, you know, taking over, uh, uh, and, um, you know, people are interested in, in, uh, in Gen X in a way that, you know, I think that in many ways, Gen X was unfairly characterized, um, with this whole slacker, uh, uh, moniker that is unfair. I would say that, Boomers gave that that um, uh, uh, that that title to Gen X in a way, in in some ways to limit our possibilities, in a way to keep um, us under their control. Um, I think that it's an unfair uh, statement, but it's one that I wear with a with a sense of pride because I think it's hilarious. Um, but I, I do find it to be, uh, uh, in some ways, a um, um, a word that you know, uh, or a title that that keeps boomers in control. Um, yeah. And uh, whether you know whether they like it or not, they're on their way out, and we are we are you know taking over. Two final questions before we wrap up. Does it ever get old? I mean, like, do you get recognized a lot? Like, oh, you know, like, again, you have, um, you're a father, you have a whole nother career, you have music. Does it ever get old? Like, do you get tired of like, oh, wait, isn't that that guy, Andre, from the real Well, it, honestly, it had, you know, when I was wearing, okay, so when I cut off all my hair in the mid 90s, everything kind of stopped. <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and I didn't get recognized uh, often at all. Um, and then as, you know, the years went on, I would more often, if someone did recognize me, they wouldn't know where. They would be like, don't I know you from, 
uh, aren't you a friend of so-and-so's or somebody? And I'm just like, no. Of course, if I didn't know them, I would just be like, I, I would try not to let them struggle too long if they were really trying to find, you know, search where they know me from. Right. I'd just be like, yeah, I was on a TV show. But occasionally I would get burned um, and I would say, you know, if I would jump to that too quickly, I would go, yeah, you know me from a TV show. They'd be like, no, I know you from this person. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I do know you from that person. <laughs> and that happened a couple of times, uh, uh, much to my embarrassment. Um but uh, does it get old? No, I mean, it, there was a time that it got old. Um, and, uh, and that time, you know, I was going through my own identity crisis. I had a lot more going on personally. Um, and I think that, you know, the added attention that I was getting just from the show, I looked at uh, negatively and, and it was more to do with my own um, uh you know, internal, uh, uh, problems, you know, that, and, and my own craziness that was going on in my, my own circle and that the added attention, um, was, uh, perhaps unwelcome. Uh, but that's, you know, that uh, it shouldn't, I shouldn't have been so, um, bothered by it. Right. And finally, do you watch reality TV today? Are you aware of reality TV? Are you shocked at how I'm far very we have aware gone? I'm very aware of reality TV. I don't watch much of the kind of reality TV that deals with the personal drama. I'd say the only reality TV that I'm that I watch consistently are cooking shows because I I'm a home cook and I love to cook. Um, so anything having to do with Gordon Ramsay, or John Favreau's chef show, I love. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, of that, uh, uh, and 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 almost every cooking show. I I, I love to uh, uh, watch and and try to glean what I can uh, techniques and and um, and things like that. Um, other reality uh, programming doesn't really speak to me. I'm a little too aware of when I see things um, that I think are manipulated uh, through editing or through um, I, I'm, I'm keenly aware of, of, of the process um, and it, and uh, I, I'm more often than not turned off by it given in, in the um, more drama centered reality shows like, I don't, you know, my wife watches The Bachelor and I can't even, I can't even be in the same room. I mean, I, you know, she, she knows that it's uh, uh, silly and, and doesn't, you know, she's not like, uh, um, but, but it's all, it's just, it's her junk food and, uh, uh, but I can't even be in the same room. I was going to say, so we're not going to see you watching like The Real Housewives. Oh my God, no. <laughs> I can't, yeah, I can't even be in the same room. Because literally, I just watch it, and I, I, I <laughs> it, it really appeals to the worst um, aspects, and I, it's just, I mean, I don't want to be too harsh, but it's trash, <laughs> you know. Uh. Well, let me tell you, the real world, the first, the second, the whole thing. And like Homecoming is just, I don't know. I, I think it's like the best show of the year, personally. Oh, I'm so glad you it's, think that. I just think it's such a, like, what's going on in the world this time to reunite you guys just made, like, I thought it was amazing. Before you go, well, what, what were you going to say? I didn't want to cut oh, you off. Oh, nothing. I'm, 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 I'm always so uh, thrilled to hear uh, how... Um, and I, and I read some of the comments, uh, uh, on, you know, either so, you know, on social media about it. And, and I am so happy to see that, uh, so many people are, um, so, you know, uh, uh, just happy to see us, you know, and, and, and they, you know, my favorite is when people say that, you know, these are like watching old friends, uh, and I don't mean friends, the TV show, I mean, old acquaintances yeah. um, and uh, and that they really feel connected to us on that personal level um, because honestly 
the seven of them, you know, uh, uh, the six, uh, uh, the, the other six people in my cast, they are my friends. And I'm happy to say that. And I, and I, I'm so glad to know that it comes across that way and that people can feel connected to us in that way, because we are connected. We literally are a family. And that's why I think, I mean, like, look, it's nostalgia at its best, but I think just like you said, doing what I do, you notice things on reality shows. I mean, and so like whether people were aware or not aware, this is like one of the most authentic experiments and like just the first incarnation. And I think it's been so well done and just, yeah, having you guys back and like just the fact that there's so much going on in the world and now like a lot of the issues are the same. It's like, and I think it's being handled so well. And I'm not just saying that because you're sitting in front of me. Like I truly am. I think it's like the best show of the year. Well, thank you very much. And I, I'm, I'm, I, I, I think it's, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it myself. I, I think that they did a great job and uh, I mean, knock on wood, it continues to be good because we haven't seen the other three episodes. But Well, uh, maybe, maybe next year at this time, you guys will be back again. Perhaps we'll see. Only time will tell, right? Before you go, can I take a screenshot of us together? Sure. So I can promote this. And where can everyone find you that wants to follow you on social media? Yeah, you can find me on Facebook at Andre Como Music. Uh, you can come to my website, Andre, com. I have my band is called Andre Como. Uh, and uh, uh, we have a new album uh, we just released in 2020 um, uh, called Wrong Within. We have a brand new album coming out in April called Clean Break, the single for Clean Break. The title track, Clean Break, comes out in two weeks. And, um, uh, you know, you can uh, find our record on all of the digital music outlets, iTunes, um, Amazon, Apple Music, etc. Everyone needs to check it out. Yeah. I really appreciate your time. I do. I know you're busy. So thank you so much. Thank you, David. I've enjoyed this chat and definitely keep in touch. Thank you so much. Okay, be well. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon. Because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.